Welcome to the Brothers of the Dram podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Brothers of the Dram podcast. I am your host, AJ, with my co-host, Eric. Eric, how's it going today? Pretty good. How's everyone doing out there? Hopefully you're all good and staying healthy and drinking lots of whiskey. You know, whiskey makes the world go round, so hopefully they are. Yes, sir. Today, our topics we're going to be discussing is infinity bottles. We found out that not everyone knows what an infinity bottle is, as well as what do you do if your cork breaks in your decanter? There's a way to solve it. People have different methods. We'll get in detail about that. And we're going to discuss about the NBA Conference Championships because there's some good games going on right now. Ooh, sports. Sports. Eric's favorite sports. The best. Can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to start with what I'm sipping on today because mine's going to be quick for the topic today of Infinity Bottles. Just like your lovemaking? <laughs> uh, I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> uh, probably not. I am drinking my Infinity Bottle. So I don't know what the ABV is. I can't really go in details about where it's from because it's a big mixture. And I'll get in details later about what an infinity bottle actually is. But I will pour mine. And while I'm doing that, Eric, what are you sipping on today? Well, I was going to ask you, first of all, do you have any idea uh, or can you give any names that you've splashed in your infinity bottle? Or are you? should we wait for after? Or? Um, I can give you names right now. So, well, let's wait to after because people who do not know what an infinity bottle is, they don't really know what's inside of it. Right. Okay. So then let me move on to mine. Um, I'm keeping mine. I'm keeping in the theme of Irish whiskey. So I went over to my local Total Wine and I, in like in the last episode, we talked about looks and brands and labels and things like that. And obviously that's what I'm into. So I saw one that was called Mc, uh, McConnell's. So uh, I picked it up. It was, I think it was a $30 bottle um 42% and it's um it's got a harp a traditional harp so a lot of people associate the harp with Guinness but that's actually an uh either an Irish thing or an or a Dublin thing I believe it's an Irish thing yeah it's an Irish thing obviously because I did a little research and this is from um this whiskey's from Northern Ireland in Belfast to be more detailed and actually Belfast have you seen the movie Belfast AJ I have not it's a good movie. It's uh, I'd give it a uh, four. Let's let's start a uh, a rating system. Four okay. out of five drams. I'd give it a four out of five drams if you're interested in film. Uh, I love film, and it reminded me a lot of. Uh, have you seen Jojo Rabbit? I have not. I've never heard of it. You've never heard of Jojo Rabbit? Nah, bro. Wow. Okay. Well, it's a little. It reminded me of Jojo Rabbit where it's showing the perspective of a child um, during something that's something really bad that's happening around them in their world or society. It was a really cool movie, just not as funny as Jojo Rabbit, but it was still a, a great movie. You should check it out. Belfast. You said about what's going on in the world around them, like in a funny way? Well, Jojo Rabbit was in a funny way, sort of hu- more humorous with very serious tones. Um, this one was more serious and not as funny but it was from the perspective, almost like from the perspective of a child. So it's hard to explain. It's just, it's a different view from, it's a different point of view of a film. So 
Hmm. It's kind of cool. Okay, maybe I'll check it on Netflix or something. Uh, I think Jojo Rabbit might be on HBO. Belfast, I don't know. It got nominated for an Academy, I think. Last Academy Award. Well, so the listeners can know if they want to check it out. I guess HBO Max is the way to go. Yeah, I don't know if Belfast is out yet, but I know Jojo Rabbit's out. But anyways, um, that's what I'm drinking. So it's a, uh, it's aged five years, and I'm getting, um, in on the nose, I'm getting sort of uh, like a citrus spice kind of uh, scent. So let me uh, let me test let me taste it here. Do you have a thing for spice? Because it seems like some of the whiskey that you drink, it's it they, a lot of them have that spice to it. You know what? Maybe I might just naturally. I don't know. I might. I wouldn't say I look for it in particular, but mm-hmm. it could just be uh, something I just naturally gravitate towards. But yeah. So I I had a taste, and yeah, it's a, it's a little fruity, little like su- vanilla sweetness, and I'm getting some sort of like oaky taste. It's pretty good. I like it. Do you know what barrel it's aged in? Um, I believe it's aged in bourbon barrels. Uh, that explains the oak you're getting. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. So, and then we'll talk a little bit more about that after. So I have I have some more information on McConnell's, but um, we'll hold off on that for now. Yeah, let's hold off for now. On my whiskey, even though it's from my Infinity bottle, I'm getting a huge smorgasbord of different notes on the nose. I'm getting like honeysuckle. I'm getting melon. I'm getting oak. I'm nice. just getting a lot of different things on here. Let me let me have a well, taste. There, there is a lot of different things in there. There's tons of things in here. Maybe we should just jump straight into the first segment. Maybe. Mm. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we're going to talk about infinity bottles, what they are, how to make your own, and the purpose To infinity of and beyond. There he goes. Oh, sorry. Hey, are you going to watch the new Buzz Lightyear movie? Oh, hell yeah. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. It looks good. It looks it looks really good. We'll see. It does. I like the spin that they're doing on it, that they're making the character be, like, not exactly like the toy, because it's supposed to be the real person of the toy. Yeah, like, the, it's the inspiration of the toy. Exactly. It's, it's, the I guess, the man who inspired that toy, which is kind of wild. Yeah, I liked it, because people were complaining that, you know, they, they said Disney should have got Tim Allen, but it's not supposed to be the toy Buzz Lightyear. So I kind of yeah. like that they got a different actor for it. Yeah, so they got um, what's his name, Captain America. Yeah, what what is his name? Evans or what? Um, uh, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. All right. So, infinity bottles. What is an infinity bottle? An infinity bottle is a decanter. It could either be a brand new decanter you buy because you want to be fancy, or a bottle that you finished, which is what I did. So I have two different infinity bottles personally. I have a 1.75 bullet bottle, which was empty. And then I also have a 1.75 Chivas bottle, which was emptied. And what you do with an infinity Mm -hmm. bottle is when you get a new bottle of whiskey, you know, you crack it open and the first thing you get out of it is the neck pour. So what I personally like to do is pour the neck pour into a glass so I can taste um, the bourbon or whiskey, whatever kind of whiskey it is, at its peak when it first cracks open without the air touching the whiskey yet. And then what I do at that point is I take an ounce of the whiskey and I pour it into my infinity bottle. And you keep on doing this, and you fill up your your bottle with the whiskey of you, that you have. Now, I'm referring to putting every whiskey you have in one bottle. There's only one thing I would separate and put one whiskey in a separate decanter from the other whiskey. Eric, do you have any idea what that would be? No idea. Okay. So because of the palate being so different between your Irish, 
your Tennessee, your bourbons, your Canadian, everything, separation from scotch. Because mm. all scotch is whiskey, but not all whiskey is scotch. So I have one decanter, which is my bullet, which has my Japanese whiskey, my Canadian, um, Tennessee, everything that I already listed and, and so on. And then in my Chivas decanter, that one I have my blended scotch and my single malt scotch. Because the flavor profiles are so different, especially if you have scotch that's peated. Peated is, just a reminder for the listeners who do not know, peated is that smoke, like that campfire smoke flavor in the palate that you get, which will overpower different whiskeys out there, in my opinion, especially with Canadian whiskey. So what you do is... Dang, you you're getting all scientific on me. <laughs> well, it's about to get a little more sense because I'm going to bring some numbers to you now, brother. Here comes some numbers. You're going to make people think you're smart, AJ. You need to relax. Well, I have to because if they meet me in person, they'd be like, oh, this guy is dumb as hell. That's true. You know, I'm just an engineer, but I'm dumb as hell, right? Maybe that's why I like numbers. Please continue. I'm going on. Excuse my tangent. <laughs> so you fill up your whiskey bottle and you keep filling it up. And randomly, you have a pour in there. And the point of the infinity bottle is as you pour an ounce of whiskey into it, that profile is going to blend with the other whiskey. Therefore, you're always going to have a small amount of a specific kind of bottle in your infinity. So as an example, let's say I have a, my Dalmore King Alexander III. As we all know, it's an expensive bottle of scotch. So mm -hmm. by me putting an ounce in my infinity bottle and it continues to blend as I put different scotches in there, it will always have a hint of the King Alexander in my infinity bottle. Now, people hmm. question... How often do you actually drink out of it? Rule of thumb, because going a little bit on the side note here, the more empty your bottle of whiskey is, the more that it will oxidize with the oxygen gap that's inside the bottle. So rule of thumb with the infinity bottle is good to keep it around 75% full. Hmm. So when I go beyond 75%, that's when I will pour, pour a dram and I can enjoy the blend. Because each time you have a sip of this, it's going to taste different as you're adding different whiskey in there. Interesting. Very cool. So, so it's like a surprise every time. It's a surprise every time. Um, when I play poker with my buddies randomly, when my bottle gets to almost full and I need to put more whiskey in it, I'll pour like a small little travel decanter and I'll take it to my buddy's place for a poker night and let them all have some. And every time it's different and every time they love it because of the different blends that are merging together in there. Hmm. We talked about, Eric brought up earlier, what kind of whiskey I have in my decanter. And like I mentioned, I put everything in there. So we have everything from, let me pull up my list. This list, I'm not going to name everything because I don't want to bore everyone because this thing goes on and on and on with over 400 different bottles. Jeez. I know, right? I'll bore everyone to death with that. But just to name a few, I have Jim Beam in there. I do have Crown Royal, which is, you know, the Canadian whiskey. Crown Royale? Crown Royale. Royale with cheese. You know, you know I do. From? Oh, Crown Royale with wait, Crown Royale with cheese. Is that from no, Royale with cheese? Is that a is that a movie or a commercial? A movie. Is it Teledega Nights? No, <laughs> I've never seen that movie. I don't know. That just seemed like it would it's fit from perfectly. Pulp Fiction. You know what they call a, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris? They don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? Oh, man, they got the metric system. They wouldn't know what the fuck a quarter pounder is. And what do they call it? They call it the Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. Ah, uh, I haven't seen that movie in a while. That's a good one, though. That's a I, great one. I blew it. I blew it, dude. All right. Sorry of your life. Don't worry about it. Bam, bam, bam. Back to my list. I have Blanton's in there, Buffalo Trace, 
Elijah Craig. Um, Iron. Oh, Eric, have you ever had Iron Root before? Iron Grip? Iron Root. Iron Root, no. What, what is that? So it is a bourbon out of Texas. And this thing is, it's pretty high ABV, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it's about 58% ABV. And I heard about it from watching YouTube from my buddies, the um, the Whiskey Crusaders. So I found a bottle at my local Total Wine a while back and picked it up. And the reason why I'm identifying that one for you is because it definitely has spice in it. So this might be a bottle that you would enjoy. Hmm. Save so, it. Save some for me. Oh, I have plenty. I have over half the bottle left. I'll save you some. Nice. And then just to name a couple more. You know, I have Old Forester in here, Woodford Reserve, of course, Knob Creek, Rebel Yell, Jameson. I got, oh, even my Hibiki Japanese Harmony is in here, which for those who do not know is one of my favorite Japanese whiskey. Have you had that one, Eric? I have not. Save uh, that one for me. I, I think I have to save a lot for you. Yeah, you do. But that's just to name a few from my list of whiskey that I added in my whiskey infinity bottle. I know we talked, I believe the first episode, if I'm not mistaken, about Eric starting his Infinity Bottle with the Johnny Walker uh, Blade Runner 2049 that I'm supposed to finish and give to him. Mm-hmm. But since we already talked about it, we already established my bottle still sealed. Mm-hmm. Eric, have you started your own Infinity Bottle using a different bottle yet? I did. Um, oh, I did a while ago, to be honest, and it's not 75% full. I have not added any whiskey to it. Uh, I put it in a bottle of... Country Smooth. Do you remember Country Smooth, AJ? How can I forget? With our friend uh, Lori. Shout out to Lori. Shout out to Lori. Over at Country Smooth. Uh, I started it, but just because I'm so determined to get that Blade Runner, if anyone has an empty (laughs) bottle of the Blade Runner Johnny Walker, please send it my way. I'm so determined that I want to start it in in that bottle. Because I love that bottle so much. So if I'm being honest, I haven't added more to it. It's probably, I guess, based on what you said, it's gone bad. It probably went bad, AJ, because it's only maybe like two to three inches worth of whiskey uh, in there. So I don't know. Is it, is it, should I throw it away? First of all, never throw away whiskey. And I'm not going to say it went bad. Now, when it comes to the oxidation with the whiskey, and in your example, the bottle is pretty much empty. All it does is change the profile. So hypothetically, in just to confirm, the only whiskey you have in there is the Country Smooth, right? Um, honestly, I think I poured a couple of them. I think you were there where we're like, oh, let's just add this and this. But I couldn't tell you what it was because it was only like two different types or something like that. Because we finished the Country Smooth bottle and then we started adding other stuff. You know, I think I remember that. I think we finished the bottle together at, at your old place. A bottle Triumph. Bottle Triumph. Bottle Triumph! (laughs) So so this is not going to work now since you said we have different whiskeys in there. But hypothetically, if you had a bottle, I'm just going to use Country Smooth as an example. And let's say you have, you know, three pours left in there. So let's say three ounces. If you have that sit and it's going to oxidize with the so much gap of airspace in the bottle... And then you open up a brand new bottle of the same kind of country smooth, you will notice a difference in the point where the whiskey on the older bottle is going to have, it's going to taste a lot lighter in proof. So let's say you have a, it's 50% ABV. It's not going to taste like a 50% whiskey. It's going to taste a lot less than that. Doesn't mean the whiskey went bad. It's just the fact that the profile changed. Oh, okay. So it's drinkable still. Oh, it's always going to be drinkable. Never waste it. 
Speaking of drinkable whiskey, shout out to my brother Gus, good, good friend of mine. This is the gentleman, Eric, I've talked to you about Gus before. He does mm-hmm. real estate, um, oh my God, what's it called? Not real estate sales. Ugh. Estate sales. Estate sales, thank you. He does estate mm-hmm. sales and he cannot sell hard liquor. So what he does, being the good brother that he is, he gives me the bottle. And there's plenty of whiskey that's really old, even original, like Jim Bean unique decanters from the 80s, where the whiskey tastes really old because it's it's on the lower end of the space inside the decanter. But it's still delicious and you still enjoy it to the very last drop. Now, when you say it tastes old, what do you mean by that? The As I mentioned with the ABV, it's not going to have the strong punch. It's going to have a little bit, in my opinion, a little bit more of a musk to it. Mm, okay. If that makes sense to you. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. What we can do next time I see you, I'll, I have um, one of my Jim Beans that he gave me. It's in a old, looks like an old school telephone booth. And it's, I want to say about a third full still. So when I see you, I'll pour some and then we'll pour, even though it's going to be a different kind of blend, a different kind of Jim Beam, just so you can understand the difference between the age with the oxidized difference. Mm, okay. Yeah, I think I've seen that bottle at your house before. Oh, you had to. It was displayed on my whiskey shelf, front and yeah. center. I mean, it, it, you have so much that it could get lost <laughs> in there. Who knows? Maybe I missed it. What's even worse is that, as you know, you know, me and my wife were trying to move. So the number one thing I'm packing up is my whiskey because I'm not going to show the house with my very nice display of whiskey collection where it's possible to get legs. So unfortunately, most of it is packed away. Um, but when I unpack, you and I will definitely have a whiskey party. Let's do it. Can't so wait. In, inside your decanter right now, Eric, you have one bottle. I suggest you save a different bottle. So when you start getting your scotch collection built up, you can have a separate infinity bottle for that. Mm. Okay. Could be the Blade Runner. Uh, not from me anytime soon, but it could be. Just bring that one. Next time I see you, we'll, we'll taste it, and then we'll end up just finishing it. But it's still sealed. That's right. You'll open it. How will we open yours? No, that's not, no. I need an empty <laughs> one, not a full new one. All right, well, that's pretty much the summary of Infinity Bottles. If anyone else out there has an Infinity Bottle, please shoot us a DM. Let us know how full yours is or anything you'd like to do with it. You can give us a follow on Instagram at Brothers of the Dram. You can also tweet us at B-O-T Dram. That's it. That's it. You know, another option, Eric, is that let's say someone has a whiskey collection and they want to start an infinity bottle but they don't have any finished bottles yet you can always just buy a nice or basic whiskey decanter and start your infinity bottle that way um i know they you can probably buy a nice one on inexpensive for like around 20 dollars okay that's a good idea you know what actually in fact i forgot i do have one more infinity bottle I mentioned my whiskey one, not scotch, and then my scotch bottle. I do have another one where I converted a Jack Daniels uh, single barrel bottle. I took off the labels and I put all of my different Jacks in there because I do collect the Jacks. And if I get a chance to buy two bottles, I will open one to drink it. And that one I'll pour into that Jack Daniels decanter. So that Jack Daniels decanter ranges from your basic Jack Daniels number seven all the way up to, in my collection, the Jack Daniels gold number 27. Or the Jack Daniels Sinatra Select. Wow, you love your Jack Daniels, huh? I'm a huge fan of Jack, man. Like we talked about, again, first or second episode, Jack is what got me into whiskey. It yeah. reminds me of my dad. 
So Jack is definitely my whiskey brand of choice. So technically you can have a bunch of these infinity bottles and have maybe like an Irish whiskey, uh, infinity bottle, you know, a Canadian whiskey, an American whiskey. You can have a bunch really if you wanted to. Definitely. It depends on what the, you know, the person's goal is. Now, if you want a decanter, like what you're explaining, Eric, with all those different infinity bottles, if you have to the space to store them, then you can do it. But always keep in mind, it also depends how big your collection is. So yeah. someone like you, Eric, your collection is not as big as mine. So that might be hard for you to do because you would barely have any whiskey in each one. Oh, it'd be impossible. Yeah. Or maybe not impossible. It would take you forever to fill that thing up. Yeah, I would need to purchase a lot more bottles. Yes, which we're working on that. We're getting your collection up with this podcast. We're, we're yeah, we're working on it. We don't want to go too crazy. We, we don't want to go AJ crazy, but you know, <laughs> to have a few options would be nice. No one wants to go full AJ crazy. Actually, you maybe never want to go full AJ. Uh-uh. Never want to go full AJ. That's bad news. Bad. Dude, that, that's such a great movie, dude. We're on a movie kick this episode. Tropic Thunder, man. Oh my god. <laughs> that movie's wild. I love that movie. How many drams do you give it? You know what? Okay, that one I have to give it a five because I saw it in theaters twice and I never Whoa. go to the theaters. Perfect score, AJ? I had to give it a perfect score and I bought it on, on DVD. So that is my criteria. If I'm wow. willing to watch it in the movie theaters and buy it, I have to give it five drams. Perfect You're holding score. it to a, a high standard. I think a five out of five comedy for me would be Dumb and Dumber. See, that would be a four for me. Oh, yeah. I love Dumb and Dumber. Jim Carrey, great actor. Jim Carrey gets a five dram. But Dumb and Dumber, since I, I own it on DVD, but when it came out, maybe because I was younger, I didn't really go to, to the movies that much back then. Dude, that's but a I would, classic. You're basing it off, did I go to the movies to watch it uh, for I'm, your rating system, AJ? I'm basing it on if I would be willing to go to the movies to watch it. Because if I'm going to give something a perfect five dram, I have to be willing to pay, what, 30 bucks now to go to the movies to watch it? I don't know if it's that high, but AJ, you're telling me you would not go see Dumb and Dumber in the theaters? I wouldn't. I would watch it on Netflix. Oh, wow. That's an insult. That's an insult to comedy. That's an insult to Jim Carrey. It's an insult to me. Well, I don't mind insulting you. That's acceptable. Okay. That's cool. Anyways, we're moving on. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. So we pretty much covered the infinity bottles. You just buy your whiskey, enjoy the first neck pour to yourself if you wish, or just pour the neck pour in your infinity bottle. I do recommend doing one ounce, but it's your bottle. You can do whatever you want. One ounce, half the bottle, it's up to you. But the more whiskey you have, the less you're going to want to put in to let it blend together. Mm -hmm. Cool. You know, real quickly, we're going to talk about the NBA conference championships that's going on right now. Oh, I'm not going to get too much detail, but I feel it's an interesting topic right now because we have the Warriors against the Mavericks, and the Warriors are up 3 nothing, and they play today. Eric, do you think the Warriors and, and Chef Curry are going to sweep the Mavericks? Um, you know, I'm going to be honest. I haven't watched a lot of basketball this season, hardly almost at all. Mm. Um, but... I know Steph Curry is a beast of a player, and I don't know how good the Mavericks are right now, but if they're down 3-0 and we're in what, what are they, the conference finals? or Yeah, they're playing for the Western Conference Championship, so the winner goes to the finals. Yeah, if they're already there and they're, they're at 3, they're 0-3, then my 
my guess or my money would go to they're getting swept. Do you know where they're playing? They're the last game or the next game? Yeah, they're playing today in Dallas. Oh, okay. So they might have a chance to win at home. Um, that's always an advantage. But, I mean, Steph Curry, man, he's on another planet. So, I don't know. I would say they would, They, they you know, they're probably deflated and they might lose it. What if I tell you that Dallas is favored today? I would believe it because, again, they're home. And, mm-hmm. you know, their backs are up against the wall. But yeah. I would still, I would still say that they probably, you know, they obviously don't have enough to to, to be uh, down three games to none. So I don't know. I would say, uh, even though they're favorites, I don't know. Maybe they they still lose. I guess. Well, they're only favored by one point five. So one and a half points is what they're favored by, and that's probably because of the home field advantage. My opinion is get the broom ready because the Warriors are sweeping the Mavs. Bring in the broom. Bring in the broom team. They're out. They're going to be out. And let's hypothetically say they do win this game. Yeah. I don't think they're going to come back from a 3-1 record right now in the playoffs. You have no. to win the next four in a row. Yeah, that would be historic. I mean, even if they do win, I don't see them coming back. Again, I don't know how good they are because I haven't watched them, so I can't really speak on that. But based on history, if you're down 3-0, it's going to be nearly impossible to come back. Especially against a shooter again, like Curry. Dude, when he shoots those three and does look away, he goes down, in my opinion, as when he retires, he's going to go down as the best shooter in NBA history, above Jordan, above any other NBA player you can think of because of how successful he is and how deep he can shoot from, consistently Mm -hmm. making it. I mean, the dude makes shots. Bang! (laughs) I was singing the shot song and you're shooting. That works. I was doing the bang. Was that pretty good? That that was perfect. You, What's perfect the announcer's bang. name that does that? I don't even know his name. It, I, I want to say Van Gundy, but I could be wrong. No, that's not Van Gundy. Okay, then I must be wrong. I don't know. Bang! I don't know, dude. Is it basketball or, or what? Yeah. Dude, come on, AJ. The guy that says bang when they like they make a great shot. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know why I was not thinking that. Yeah, I don't know who it is, though. I forgot. He, he, he hypes me up, man. Maybe we need to phone a friend. I don't know. I'm going to look him up. Mike Green. Curry steps back. Bang! That's his name? Yep, that's him. Oh, there you go. The one that does the bang. Oh, Google how great it is. It's wonderful. So, so we both... On, uh, on the other end, on the Eastern Conference. So on the Eastern Conference, we're looking at the Heat versus the Celtics. And right now, the series is tied 2-2. And the next game is going to be tomorrow, and Boston is favored by 1.5. Oh, really? Okay. So being a, a Lakers fan, um, I have to hate the Celtics. Yeah, it's, and, it's a rule. You have to. And, and I certainly do hate them. And um, I'm a big Jimmy Butler fan, but I thought I read that he was hurt. Is he hurt? He got hurt in game. Let's say they just played game three. So in game two, he got hurt. But he and he was he was a game time decision for game three yesterday. And he came out and played. He didn't play well. I believe at one point the Heat were down 1-18. to 18. Oh, dang. And the end of the game, I don't remember the final score because I, I st- turned off the TV to have dinner. But they yeah. were getting spanked by the Celtics. Oh, boy. And I that's mean, what if we're, talking, if we're talking about Steph Curry being like a shooter, uh, a legend of a shooter. Jimmy Butler, to me, is a legend of a grinder, dude grinder i remember when they were playing against the lakers uh during the champion during the finals 
And that dude grinded and like put that team on his back for like one game. And he was like, he looked exhausted. And that, that dude is a grinder. I, I'm a big fan of Jimmy Butler, especially when he was in the Bulls. And I'm also a Bulls fan. Um, and I know people are going to be like, you said you're a Laker fan, but I grew up Jordan, <laughs> Jordan era. So um, when I'm not, when they're not playing the Lakers, I root for the Bulls. You know, I'm a huge Jimmy Butler fan as well. In fact, I have a Jimmy Butler Miami Heat jersey, even though I am a Laker fan. But I'm not a LeBron fan, so it's kind of hard to cheer for them right now. That's another topic, another story. Oh, um, but, but yeah, Jimmy Butler, I'm a huge fan of his, not just because of his hustle. And like you said, he's a grinder. But how much respect he has for his team. Like, he will go to bat for his team through thick and thin. And I believe that's why they made it this far in the for the season. Yeah, and not only that, like his his SPAC story. I don't, I don't know it fully, but I think he, he had like a tough upbringing. I did not know. I did not know that. Yeah, I think he had like a really tough upbringing. I don't know if he was like adopted or I forgot what happened, but his life wasn't easy. Mm. So he so, just worked his ass off to get to where he is. Yeah. So even that uh, is impressive uh, in itself from what I've what I heard or what I can remember. I have to look into it. But yeah, he uh, he had it rough. I think it's like dad abandoned him or something or. I don't know. It was it was it wasn't easy. So the, on top of you know his grind and his you know how good he is, the fact that he overcame these obstacles, personal obstacles, is 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 impressive. Definitely. Maybe that's why he has such a tough exterior because he grew up in a bad situation. Tough skin. Yep. Tough skin. Yeah. All right, bro. So I guess it's safe to assume we both agree Warriors versus Heat is our picks for the finals. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a very um, uninformative um, pick on my end, but that's that, that's that's my guess. Yeah. Well, it technically based on the way the players have been playing, and I I try to watch the games when I get a chance. Logically, my guess would be Warriors versus Celtics, but I cannot root for the Celtics, and I will not. So I'm going Warriors Heat. Your heart is telling you. My heart is telling me no. My heart is telling me yes, isn't it? Wait, my my body is telling me yes. It's my mind is telling me but my mind no, is but my body is telling me yes. <laughs> and we lost more <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I have a voice. I mean, I just gave you a quick little, you know, taste of it. But, I mean, some people say I have an angelic voice, so. You should go on The Voice or American Idol, dude. Show show the world what you're good at. What did he say in Step Brothers? What did Will Ferrell say in Step Brothers when he, like, sings and he's like, some people have said that I am the something-something of my time or something. I forgot what he said. Is I don't remember. That was another good movie, though. Yeah. I, I don't remember. That, I don't remember all the quotes from that one. That's a five dram. I wouldn't go five, but no, I would say it's a good one. That's what? a four, four right. dram. I'm going to go 4.5 dram. You could do that. 4.5, dude. Pour you half know? out. Yeah, you can do that. We're we're making up the rules as we go. You can do four point five grams out of five. But you know what? Which one? Which modern comedy I think is a five is um, Superbad. Ah, oh, I love. Okay, I'll, I'll give that a five, dude. I love Superbad. Superbad it has aged well. It's still hilarious. It's like it's up there with Dumb and Dumber for me. Yeah, it's definitely one of the top comedies of our generation. Dude, that thing is hilarious. Yes, you still quote it all the time. Oh yeah. So with, many, with McLovin, come on now. So many one-liners. One of the ones that I always um, use on my wife, and she always forgets, is when he's like, he's like, "You fucking killed her." When he, uh, when he's imagining that, like, he plays the whole scenario when he's trying to buy the alcohol, 
And then like some <laughs> dude like breaks the bottle and like swipes at him, but accidentally like slices the old woman's neck. And he's like, "You fucking killed her!" <laughs> I always quote that to my wife. And then the old the old lady tells him back, "Have fun fucking drools." <laughs> like, I will. I will. <laughs> Classic, dude. I think that's a perfect time to transition to our new thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Bringing in a little whiskey history. Ooh, Ooh. history time. Cool. So that's me. That's my cue. That's your cue. What do you have to share for us and the listeners today? So I am a big history buff. We thought of of an idea to maybe do a little research. I mean, I don't know much whiskey history, let alone whiskey. So um, I I had to do a little bit of research, but I'm a big history buff on wars and things like that. You know, different types of cultures and eras. And I lived in Italy for a little bit, so I was big on the Renaissance and things like that. So I did a little research and um, I decided to do research on uh, McConnell's, what I was, what I'm drinking today. And from what I got, apparently McConnell's was supposed to be one of the best whiskeys in Ireland. It was supposed to be a huge, one of the most, one of the best at the time. And I it ironically started in 1776, which is an important date in our history, American history. But I believe it was started by brother, uh, two brothers. And that's why it's called, it, it was called J&J McConnell. Or at least that's what the distillery was called. But the thing that happened with... So it was apparently really successful. And it was out of Belfast, again, in the north side of Ireland. But apparently um, there was a huge fire that destroyed 500,000 gallons of whiskey. Oh. And basically destroyed like half the distillery. And I believe that was in 1909 when it happened. So it destroyed everything. So they tried to rebuild. And once they once they started rebuilding, something really big happened. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Prohibition, AJ. Of course. But uh, Prohibition happened. So as, as they were rebuilding and getting back on their feet, Prohibition started and they screwed and that screwed them again. So a bunch of distilleries disappeared, a bunch of liquor. Basically, they couldn't make it anymore because, I mean, Americans love to drink. So the sale of liquor uh, in America was probably, they were probably dependent on it, I'm assuming. They fell again, I guess you could say. So now they're actually trying, they're making a comeback. And I don't know when they started um, to uh, reproduce this again, but they, um, they're now up and running again. And they're, I guess they're calling it like a comeback. So they're one of the oldest distilleries in ireland and now after all these years of going through all this hardship they're making a comeback and um, i like it i thought it was really good i thought it was a great story it's a really tragic story it's also a, a story of like perseverance and trying to you know building yourself up again falling and building yourself you know getting back up on that horse um so to say but um yeah, that was the research I was able to do on on McConnell's. And it's interesting because I just picked it up based on the look. It had sort of a classic looking uh, bottle with like some sort of like ridges on the bottom and an old school uh, label, just a green label with the, the harp 
which caught my attention because when I was in Ireland, I saw this harp that was like hundreds of years old. And I, I didn't realize that it was a symbol of Ireland. I thought it was just Guinness to show my ignorance. It will be too. I thought the same thing. Yeah. So it's a symbol of Ireland. Again, I think Ireland, either Ireland or Dublin, but I'm pretty sure it's a symbol of Ireland. So I picked it up and I said, let me try this. I looked it up on Google real quick. Google's your best friend. Right, AJ? Damn right. Um, so I looked it up and and then I looked into the into their website and then I saw their story and I thought, wow, this is a this is a great uh, way to uh, transition into our history lesson that we're trying to do here. And um, that was pretty much it. Let me ask you this, Eric. You said that they're making a comeback. When did this what year did the comeback start? That's what I was saying. I'm not sure. I'm not sure when the comeback started and I don't know when. They, how long they were out after the prohibition era sort of took them out. And I, I want to, I, when I looked on their website, it said decades later. So I, I really don't have a date as to when they restarted. Their whiskey is aged five years. So it has to have been made, I mean, at least five years ago. So I, I don't know, but they call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. Because I've been here for years. Mm-hmm. Another good song. So, yeah, that's the best answer I could give you. Hey, that's good, man. I, You know, I've never had that whiskey before. And learning about the Baxter, about it, how they're making, you know, the comeback. That's actually yeah. interesting, man. So thank you for sharing it with us and the listeners. No problem. I have a, a bottle if you want to come You want to come taste it. Yeah, definitely. I, I believe I'll be at your house in a couple of weeks. So uh, I'll definitely have some. Yeah. Yeah, I'll pour you, I'll, I'll pour you a dram. Pour me a dram. Make it a double dram. You got it. So that's our history lesson for today. Good stuff. They have a quote of restoring the legend. So they and they have this cool like, ooh, we used to be great and we got screwed and now we're back. <laughs> I like that though. To be honest, I like that. Yeah, it's a good backstory. I am going to be covering, since we're already towards the end of May, I'm going to be covering a couple bottles that are notable bottles that were released in May. So for the listeners out there who are trying to get something that's unique or maybe not necessarily unique, but might be good to get because the whiskey is going to be delicious in it. I have a list of a couple bottles for you guys. Nice. So we have E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof Rye, and that proof is 130. What? 130, bro. That's 65 ABV. Dang. That was burned. Well, see, here's the thing. Do you still have the water dropper I gave you? It was like a little blue one with a dropper on it? I believe so. Yeah, I should have it in my bar. So a lot of people, for example, something like that, when you mentioned it'll probably burn. Yeah, it's, it's real high ABV. Get your nostrils and everything, too. So as you sip it, some people, including myself, will put droplets of the water, like we talked about before in actually last week's episode, and it, with the oils releasing, actually changes the profile and it'll probably bring out the fruits and the floral notes even better. Mm. So keep that by your side when you're tasting new whiskey. Give I'll it a shot. keep it in my pocket. Keep it in your pocket, but don't let it loose because you don't want wet pants. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Another bottle to look for is going to be the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof Bourbon Batch B522. This one is 123.6 proof and aged for 12 years. And I do have a dollar on this one. The price for this one, MSRP, is 60 So I highly recommend you pick it up if you can find it for that price before it goes up. Mm. And for those who do not know, and I don't think you know this either, Eric, for Elijah Craig and Larceny, which would be the next bottle I talk about, they release barrel-proof bottles three times a year. They have mm. 
batch A, batch B, and batch C. So since this is mid-year, batch B came out, I recommend grabbing it before you cannot. Okay, cool. Next bottle on my list is going to be Larceny Barrel Proof Bourbon, batch B. Uh, actually, no, that's I don't have the batch number on here. Dang it. But Larceny Barrel Proof um, Bourbon is another one. I do have on my list Weller Full Proof. And Full Proof, this one's at 114. You know what that reminds me? I have a bottle called um, Old Granddad. Mm. Or is it is this Granddad? I'm sorry, it's Granddad. And that one is also a 114 proof. And that one is strong. That one I do like to proof down by adding a couple drops of water in it. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Yes, sir. And the last one I have on my list is the Weller CYPB. It's uh, That stands for Craft Your Perfect Bourbon. And that proof is 95 proof. And Weller aged this one for eight years. And if you can get it at MSRP, it's only 50 bucks. Hmm. But if you... Only? Dude, only 50. The reason why I say only 50 is because it's in our area, Eric, it's hard to find Weller. And if you do find Weller, it's usually at those little mom and pop stores. And they hike up the price and it'll end up costing us around 150 to 200. Oh, dang. That's what I'm saying. It's only 50 if you can get it at the MSRP price. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So that's a quick rundown on the May release of bourbons that you guys might want to keep an eye out for. Cool. That brings me to our last topic of the day. What do you do if you buy a bottle of whiskey, you're sipping on it, and the cork breaks? <gasps> dun, dun, dun! Drama. What do you throw it out? Like, really, what do you do? Eric, what would you do if your cork is broken on the neck inside your bottle? Um, I would run it through a, uh, what do you call those? Um, what do you, when you do, when you uh, make spaghetti and you put it through a... A strainer? A strainer, exactly. I would put it through some form of like really, really fine strainer and then um, drink it from there. I would, I would assume you'd get all the cork out. So you would get, you would strain it out from directly from the bottle into a strainer. Yes. And then what would you, what would you put the whiskey? What would you do at that point? Uh, at that point, I, I mean, I can't put it back in the same bottle because the cork's damaged. So I'd probably, I, I would guess a, a decanter or some sort of, um, I don't know, some sort of large flask or, or bottle. If I, if I'm desperate, like a plastic bottle, but Maybe a decanter. Okay, so it, right now at your house, I don't, I don't think you have an empty decanter. Am I right, or do you? I do not. Okay, so right now, if your bottle broke, you don't have a decanter, so your only option would be, I'm assuming, a water bottle. A water bottle, or maybe um, like one of those flasks, those water flasks that people use that um, they're like insulated. Mm-hmm. Maybe something like that. Okay. Is that a good uh, guess? <laughs> <laughs> that could work. And what you're explaining is what I used to do, and it didn't fully work. Mm. Worst case scenario, do what you got to do. That'll definitely work. Try to save your whiskey as much as you can. Mm -hmm. But, and you know, I've never, I haven't done research on what is the actual best option. But for me, it was trial and error. And I think I found the best option that can work. Okay. So I've had the luxury of having multiple bottles of whiskey break with the cork inside where sometimes the cork is actually stuck inside of it but the handle to take the cork off broke off there's other scenarios where the cork is kind of like grimy because it's an older bottle i got my hands on there's like a hole in the middle of the cork but still stuck around the perimeter of the decanter that it came in my method is first of all 
as you're drinking your whiskey and you finish your whiskey bottles and let's say you're going to throw your bottles away, save the corks. Get a Ziploc bag and always save your corks and throw them in there for scenarios like this. But wouldn't they dry up by themselves? They do, which is why you have different size corks based on the different decanters that the whiskey comes in, which is why you save every single one. Because you can always, just because the cork dries up doesn't mean you can't bring it back to life. But I'm saying, like, wouldn't you want to keep it, I guess, moist? Well, if, you, if you're saying save them, put them in a Ziploc bag, wouldn't you want them to stay moist? Moist. Or, oh, God. Or they'll just, they'll dry up and break apart, no? No, nah, if you keep them, for me at least, by keeping them in the Ziploc bag, and I've had corks in Ziploc bags for well over a year now, so I have not had that issue. The only thing I can think of of a way to keep them, I guess, not from drying out too much would be putting them in a Ziploc bag with like a humidification pack like you would with a cigar. That could oh, work okay. too. Yeah, that, that might work. Yeah, I haven't done that yet, but that could be the next extreme if my method ends up not working in the future. But that would be something to consider. Good point, Eric. Good point. Mm-hmm. But what I do is... I'm smart. <laughs> not, not like dumb, like everybody says. Uh, they, they just talk about your looks, just your looks. Quote. That's another quote, AJ. Do you, did you catch it? I did not. I was too busy ready to talk shit to you. Was um, the, say the quote again. I'm smart. Not like everybody says. Not like dumb. Is that Ben Stiller character? Nope. Shit. Come on, AJ. Dumb and Dumber. Oh, you're gonna make me mad. I don't know. Where's it from? Godfather, dude. I can handle things. I'm smart. Not like everybody says. Like dumb. I'm smart and I want respect. I don't remember, man. I haven't seen that movie in years. That's I don't remember that line. From the Godfather. Yeah, I don't, wah, 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 wah. I don't remember. But anyways, I agree with your method with the strainer. So what I do, I get like a mixing bowl. Like the, uh, I'm sorry, not a mixing, mixing bowl, a measuring bowl. And I'll put a strainer on that. But then I also put a filter, like a coffee filter on top of that. The reason why is because the strainer method that you mentioned, Eric, if the cork has broken into tiny pieces, it will still go through the strainer. And you will still have tiny uh, bits of cork in your whiskey. I mean, unless you get a really, really fine one, no? No, I have one used for bartending where let's say you want to get, let's say a blackberry martini and the bartender is going to muddle the blackberries or strawberry martini and the bartender muddles the strawberries. They use a bartending strainer, which is really, really, really fine holes. Mm. And that's so the fruit doesn't slide through into your drink when you pour into the martini. And that did not work. Mm. Should you put, should we give a disclaimer to our listeners that we don't have the solution? This is more of what you've experienced. I believe I said that already. I said based oh, on what did? I've tried. Oh. Yeah. But just another disclaimer. I have, I'll, I'll reiterate, I did not look this up. This is what I've done from trial and error over the years. Mm, okay. Sorry. I didn't catch that. It's all good, dude. I know you don't listen to me. It's okay. It's acceptable. I get For it. For the most part. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I get the strainer. I put the coffee <laughs> filter on top. And what I'll do, if there's cork stuck inside the neck, I'll use my ice pick and I'll break it off so it falls into the whiskey. And then from there, I'll just drain it into the filter with the strainer into the measuring cup. Okay, mm-hmm. make sure I get all the whiskey out of the decanter itself. Right. At that point, I'll use hot water to clean out the decanter and, and pour it out multiple times. Because there will be pieces of cork still in the liner attached to the glass inside your whiskey bottle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If your whiskey bottle is not clear, you will not see it. Again. Right. 
I learned the hard way. So I will use really hot water and, you know, drain it out three, four times. At that point, wow. I will take, yeah, I'm telling you, bro, this is a process. Yeah, I was going to say that is a process. At that point, I'll leave the decanter upside down so all the water can drain out for a couple of days. And I'll put a piece of aluminum foil over my uh, measuring cup. That way there's no water, no air still getting inside the whiskey. I, I seal it up that way. And sometimes I even put a rubber band around it to make sure it's sealed as tight as possible. Mm. After it is fully dried out inside the decanter, I will then use the mixing cup and I'll pour that back into the decanter so the whiskey's good to go. But now the question comes up, you don't have a cork anymore because it disintegrated. It broke off or whatever, uh, whatever the case may be. That's why I say save your corks. And corks are different sizes. So trial and error, you have your bottle with your whiskey back inside. You use all of your other corks to see which one will fit snug and as well as possible on your decanter. So I have a bottle, again, shout out to my brother Gus, love this guy. He gave me a bottle of Chivas 21 year. That is a 200 bottle of scotch. I've never had it before. And I did not want to waste the whiskey because the decanter was crumbled and broken up inside. After doing this whole process, the cork I have on it now is from a, a vodka bottle, actually. It's Grey Goose XO. And if anyone is not familiar with it, it's a big, beautiful a cork top that's blue with the Grey Goose bird on it that is now sealing my whiskey. So my whiskey's good to go. It did not get damaged. No more cork. And I get to still preserve it. Nice. Very so, nice. Thank you, sir. It might be a little much, especially compared to, to your thought process, Eric, which once again will definitely still work. I just feel this <laughs> my method that I came up over the time with is the best way to save whiskey if you get cork inside and your cork breaks. Yeah, I mean, it definitely sounds like a process. I'm not going to lie. Would I do it? Probably not. But you seem to be have found a method to very effectively preserve the whiskey. So you're, telling me, you you're telling me if you have a $200 bottle of scotch, you wouldn't spend you know, the time to make sure you save the whiskey as much as possible? If I did, maybe yes. That, that that is a good point. Do I have one? Not even close. Um, <laughs> I probably don't even have a hundred dollar bottle. See, this is what I like about you and I working together for this podcast. We are going to have listeners who have high end whiskey, and we're going to have listeners who just have a basic bar starter kit who just want to get drunk. Who just want to get drunk and have a good time, and that's okay because you're drinking whiskey, and whiskey mm -hmm. any day is an okay day. Actually, exactly. it's a great day. It's a great day. It is. It's a wonderful day. Yes, well, sir. You know, our range is from you know all over the place. So and that's why anyone can listen to us because we're um, you got me and, and we got you. One extreme and to uh, from one extreme to the other. Well, don't let the listeners think I'm all bougie, bro. I have a fourteen dollar bottle of whiskey as well. Oh, Not everything is on bougie. the high end. Say it again. You sound extra bougie. You know that's okay. Compared <laughs> to you, I do. Because you're, <laughs> but realistically, I'm not. I just have a really nice collection of whiskey, thanks to some friends I have. You do have that really cheap and really nasty uh, Vegas themed whiskey. Oh, dude, tell the listeners about the other day when you found that bottle and how much it was and the size. So AJ and I love uh, Vegas, as as you all may know. Mentioned it in previous episodes, and I went to my local Total Wine and I found a. 1.75 liter bottle of whiskey that was originally $23. 1.75 liters. And apparently 
I guess people don't buy it, so they dropped it to $16.99. And that's a lot of whiskey, but I text AJ and said, hey, is this worth it? And he's like, it's nasty. And I said, okay, <laughs> not buying this. No, thank you. Like I told Eric, for 16 bucks for 1.75, it's worth it if you're going to make mixed drinks and you don't care about the quality of the whiskey inside. But if you're going to drink it neat, I highly recommend avoiding that one. It is the Vegas Select Canadian whiskey. And I believe I got... I think I paid like probably around the 14 price for mine, which is a, a 750 milliliter. It did come in a nice Vegas red felt bag. But other than that, it's not worth having on your shelf. Yeah, at that point, you go to Costco and you get yourself the Kirkland brand whiskey, which is amazing if you ask me. Uh, uh, I don't know if a lot of people will disagree or agree, but the alcohol from Kirkland, I think is great. Dude, I'll be honest, the Kirkland whiskey, that is not bad. It's definitely good. And if you're going to use it for a mixed drink, it's excellent. To be honest, I might even make that a go-to for mixed drinks. Mm-hmm. You should. The, the price is right. The price is definitely right for mixed drinks. Dun, dun, da, da. Dun, dun, da, da. You can't see me, but I'm dancing over here to, to your singing or your, uh, your notes. My price is right theme song? Yes, sir. Nice. <laughs> so don't do the Vegas one. Do Kirkland. Got it. Do Kirkland, not Vegas. Cool. Unless you're going to go to Vegas, then just go to Vegas. That's true. That makes sense. All right, brother. So on this episode, I hope our listeners enjoyed. We dropped some whiskey history for you guys. We dropped some knowledge on what to do in certain situations. We also maybe even got you guys started on your own infinity bottle. And if you do start your own infinity bottle, post on Instagram and tag us. Like we mentioned multiple times before, Brothers of the Dram was created to be the brotherhood and sisterhood for the whiskey community for the family so post your infinity bottle tag us we will repost you to share it with the community yeah tag us and yeah you may just be featured so it'd be it'd be cool to share everyone else's photos uh along the way and every anyone who's part of our community so it's not just us posting photos we'd like to share your photos as well definitely all right bro i believe that concludes our episode of brothers of dram podcast today Awesome. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. You've been listening to the Brothers of the Dram podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Brothers of the Dram. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. On behalf of the crew, thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Cheers.